Hey, y'all. Welcome to class. This is White Homework, a podcast about race, racism, and restorative justice. I am Tori Williams Douglas. I'm a writer, speaker, and anti-racism educator. I'm also the creator of White Homework, which is an anti-racism course that's designed to help you figure out how you can create an anti-racism practice where you live and work. Um, I really wanted to start using um, gender-neutral greetings, which is why I was using y'all. Um, but then I saw this list floating around and like, and one of them is like, Hey demons, it's me, your boy. And I really want to start. Did you ever see that clip? Oh, okay. I'm going to send it to you. Anyway, (laughs) Alice is here again today (laughs) and, um, you can't see it, but her hair looks amazing. Um, thanks. I just did it today. Alice, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Still locked up. The Rock and his whole family have COVID, but I'm I'm still good. I I I'm sorry. I don't have sympathy. Like, if you're not going to be on lockdown, go go get your COVID. No, he said like he was hanging out with some people that he thought were taking the lockdown seriously, and like they were like quarantining and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it was like everyone in our circle was being careful. So we thought it was okay to visit, and then that's. You're not being careful if you think it's okay to visit. No offense. Um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah. So today we're talking about a a pet peeve of mine, something that I like to rant about on the the Twitters. Um, The Twitters, what are you, 90? Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm an old old millennial. Mm-hmm. Like I will fully own that. I am going to be rocking whatever the version of mom jeans is in like the next four or five years. Uh, <laughs> no shame. This is just, this is just where I am in life. Good times. Um, <laughs> we are going to talk about America. And how it's number one. We're number one. <laughs> We're number one in COVID, in COVID cases and COVID deaths. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're going to talk about how America is not a democracy. And I feel very strongly about this because every time I listen to like some lefty bro like podcast and they're like, we need to preserve our democracy. I feel like they're literally gaslighting me because America has never been a democracy. Ever. So, Alice, what do you remember? I just so much hostility towards a very specific podcast based on Mr. Klein that you just said just now. I was, I don't know, I didn't know which one it was, but I knew it was one. Oh my gosh. I think, I think, I I think that I'm feeling somebody. I'm feeling a lot of resentment right now towards I think Ezra Klein. Perhaps I feel like I feel like that's the last podcast that I listened to where I was like, stop, please, please stop. It's not, it never has been, it wasn't intended to be. Like, we could try that. We've never tried it. So we can try it. But it's never been that. And I think that the reason that I'm so animated about this right now is because the fact that we are not a democracy means that in order to get Trump out of the White House, we need much more than a majority of voters. And so we had a majority of the first round and that bitch still got in the white house. No, that's what I'm saying is that we need much more than a majority, right? Like, so 3 million votes was insufficient to prevent like Trump from becoming president. Um, and 
I really think that calling America a democracy means that everyone's vote is equal. And it's just not true. Um, no, if I, I, I saw on the news the other day that if Biden gets Wisconsin, he has a 90% chance of winning. And like, if he loses it, he's got like a 30% chance of winning. And I'm like, that, like, that's not even that we should not be this dependent on Wisconsin. Right. And I think this is such a great point because we both grew up being told that like, if there was no electoral college, um, then California and New York would decide every presidential election. Mm -hmm. And like, how is that different from Florida and Ohio and Wisconsin deciding every presidential election precisely? Like, like I need someone to explain to me how, one is okay, but the other isn't. What, what do you remember? Like we had that really, did you have to do that God and government book in uh, high school? Yeah. So I that, that forgot that whole thing till you just said it just so now. One thing that I remember from that book was that they talked about how the reason that God destroyed the tower of Babel Mm-hmm. in Genesis was because they used bricks to build the tower and not stones. And bricks were symbolic of everyone being forced into a mold, like what they do in communism. <laughs> oh, look, evangelicalism is a conspiracy theory. I think I've said that before, for sure. Like these people it's just so irrational and it's all just like these secret codes and these winks and these nods and these, this just looking at the Bible, just it's exactly the same as like when you hear people talking about like the Denver airport or like the way they used to talk about Jimmy Hoffa back in the day. Like it's, it is exactly that same level of conspiracy and like, there's no proof for it, but I'm pretty sure. And I'm taking these wild leaps based on something I'm pretty sure about. When the Bible mm-hmm. doesn't like, oh God, right. it represented communism. Are yeah. you fucking for real? Yeah, that's <laughs> that you what are I said. reaching so far if you genuinely believe that God was like, I need America to look out for communism. So I'm gonna like put this little thing in the Bible so that in the future they know to watch out for communism and they have to be able to look at these bricks and know what it stands for. Why is God so fucking vague and nonspecific when he has this unlimited amount of power? It's if you can like build the world with your with your voice, with your words talking, I need a little bit more long ass book. And that's the instructions on how we meet back up, because, again, you separated us. (laughs) I'm supposed to meet back up with you when I die. But you put me down here in the first fucking place. So if I get lost, it's on your fucking map, dude. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> I think that, yeah, the the evangelicals specifically, but, you know, conservatives more broadly speaking. It's a conspiracy um, theory. And it's terrifying because these people are in charge of the government and they believe the conspiracy mm-hmm. and they're running the government as if the conspiracy is true. Right. Right, which was the whole thing about, like, moving the embassy in Israel yeah. from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. That's and because like, of the conspiracy theory right. they all believe is true. Jesus right. has to, he needs certain things in place if he's going to come back. My God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. So, um, 
These people I, are fucking bonkers. I have been I've been fishing around today um, and trying actually not to um, gouge my own eyeballs out. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Our, go ahead. They don't. They don't want this to be a democracy. That would actually really no. hurt the chances that their conspiracy theory could then be carried out if every vote was equal. Yes, exactly. And I think that, um, so I found this article on the Heritage Foundation um, that actually came out this year, I believe, that um, they make a really good case for um, America is not a democracy, it's a republic, and that is important. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to read a tiny bit of this because I just, I'm, I'm tired of, I'm tired of sitting with this alone. <laughs> I need <laughs> I need moral support reading this. It's like, it's for me, it's so infuriating. But I think that they make such good points about the fact that America is not a democracy. America is a republic that serves their purpose. So it's important for them to protect that by any means necessary. Essentially, um, so it's so ironic that evangelicals are conspiracy theories who secretly run the government. Right. Um, so this article is called America is a Republic, Not a Democracy. Um, it's written by Bernard Dobsky, PhD. Um, I'm, I'm just going to read a couple of excerpts here. Dobsky's a cool last name. It is kind of badass. I kind of like that. Dobsky. Dobsky. What's up, Dobsky? Yeah, everyone's calling you Dobsky if your last that's name is Dobsky. That's pretty great. Um, okay. America's founders carefully thought through the problems of direct democracy and explicitly rejected this model. And for a good reason, they saw that because ancient democracies lacked any social or institutional forces that could check, refine, or moderate the will of the majority, they were prone to great instability, riven by fractionalism, factionalism, I said fractionalism, riven, riven, it does say riven, by factionalism, and subject to the passions and short-sightedness of the public. Direct democracies were thus vulnerable to tyranny. You know what else is vulnerable to tyranny right now a small group of people with a ton of fucking power we're 60 days away from the election and uh yeah what else is vulnerable to tyranny dobsky i would like to know (laughs) oh my gosh okay so he, he he's arguing against direct democracy which just to be clear is not the only form of democracy but whatever you know you got to have your straw mans um he keeps going american republicanism by contrast offers protections from the instability rashness um impetuosity i have never seen that word before in my life and social and political tyranny of democratic politics okay the social and political tyranny of democratic Mm -hmm. politics Mm -hmm. because it recognizes that the majority does not equal the whole of the community I, I, I'm again, I'm really lost. Like why, why does he think that like people uh, like American socialists, just as an example, why does he think that there there's only, why did they, why does he think that they believe that there is only one community in America and everyone else just like F you? Like, I don't understand I what is no, driving but... this like framework that he's setting up. Um, I mean, it's just all like fear mongering and trying to mentally prepare the public for the reality that Republicans are going to have less votes and represent less people, but have more power. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, everyone, this is what we're going to be trying to do. Just get comfortable with it. 
you know, yes. this is a good thing. It's protecting you from the tyranny of democracy and the, right. you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Terrifying. Terrifying. I'm, I'm I just deep, looked at a I'm picture. deeply terrified of democracy as well. I looked at a picture of Donald Trump and Melania and Eric Donald and Ivanka and Tiffany. Just mm-hmm. those two and the adult children. And right. it sent a fucking shiver down my spine. They are, they photograph together just so like villainously. Just what an evil family <laughs> of con artists that are trying to take over this entire country. Oh, it, they're okay. horrifying. But the thing is, and like Dobsky goes on and ex- he explains that like this is essential for them to do that, right? That yep. Republicanism is essential for the Trumps of America. I was going to say the world, but we, I, nobody else really does this. Yeah, um, Boris Johnson is going to resign power. in a few months because of how poorly he handled COVID. Because even that clown has like a, a modicum of shame, I guess. Well, yeah, and and he, I mean, he still has a mandate. I think that, like, when there's a global pandemic, you have a mandate. Like, that seems very simple to me. It's mm-hmm. like, let's let's not kill off as many people as we can. Yeah. Um, looking Jesus. at you, Brian Kemp. Um, Dobsky, Dobsky, Dobsky continues, Republicanism recognizes the valid contributions to the welfare of the community by non- and even counter-majoritarian parts of the community. Okay, I just, have they ever heard of black people? (laughs) Have they ever heard of native people? Republicanism has fought tooth and nail to invalidate our contributions to our communities, right? They don't even pay attention to us unless something is on fire. doesn't matter how many peaceful protests we do. Because we peacefully, like, uh, people don't remember this. There was a peaceful protest against George W. Bush, downtown Portland, every single Friday for years. Because we hated that guy. (laughs) That wasn't covered on the news. No. Like, I don't even think Mother Jones covered that shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, it's so, it's so wild to me that it's like, you're not even included in, like, the humanity, the community that we are referencing, right? That, like... Yeah, I mean, even Mike Pence said at the RNC, like, uh, we need to support, uh, like, our African-American brothers and sisters or something. Right. But he was addressing the nation. So he's saying, like, we is, like, us, and then we need to help them. Like, they're not even part of the we that I'm right, addressing. The way that, right, the way that he worded it was, yeah, it was very, like, there's us and there's them, and we need to support them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was very poor wording but it, it may have been intentional i don't even know um i don't even think it's intentional i think it's just like without thinking yeah maybe. you know just the way when you say like i saw some people you assume they're white people because if right. they weren't you'd say i saw some black people right yeah like exactly we is inherently white unless specified so um let's see here he goes Indeed, justice demands that even in a nation rooted in popular consent, non- and counter-majoritarian forces must be blended together. This is just like a power thing, right? So everybody has equal power regardless of how small, right, their 
their mm-hmm. their take is or whatever. Um, in this way, republicanism protects the minority from unjust majorities and secures the conditions for the political and social freedoms that are the true goal of the American Revolution. Unjust majorities. That's something mm-hmm. that they like sincerely believe. That's yes. like why in Oregon, all of the like re- all those Republicans. Yeah, like after the election, enti- yeah. they fled to Idaho and mm-hmm. refused to like vote, vote because on yeah on a gun bill. They knew and that they couldn't. Things. They knew they couldn't like they, they, they knew they like the will stop of the, it. Yeah, they couldn't stop it, so they they left, and they think that they're being treated unfairly when really like this is just how people voted. Right, right. Voting exactly. for Republicans is not fair. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's so really, like, it's really title. interesting. Yeah, that's such a that's such a great point that they they sincerely believe that they deserve yeah equal say, regardless of how many people don't agree agree with them, even if their ideas are counter majoritive. That's such like a fancy way of saying like even if what we believe is against what every single other person wants in this country, it still needs to be protected and and not just protected like carried out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I totally get to that and like his next oh, his on. next paragraphs. No, 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 it's fine. I just I think that it's really interesting because when we were like when we were taught government, which again was just straight up propaganda. It was because <laughs> we were God. homeschooled, but you know, I know that Christian schooled kids also had had that same textbook. Mm-hmm. Um so when we were being taught about the government, um the argument against the argument against direct democracy that I heard was, well, the reason that we can't do that is because if 55% of the people decide that they want to execute the other 45% in a direct democracy, that's fine. And so we can't have that. Again, conspiracy theory level fucking insanity. Like, I, I don't know. I know, like, obviously there have been all kinds of civil wars all over, you know, all over the globe. Like there's been all kinds of conflict. I, I don't, where, where is a, I mean, it's not super common that it's like, oh yeah, we're just going to take, should we take a vote to like murder these people? Usually people just go out and do it, right? If you're going to, if you're going to commit a genocide, like usually you just roll out. You don't take a vote first. <laughs> I suppose it's not always, it's not true in every single case, but like, I mean, you that's know. What, it's one of the things that made Hitler so special. <laughs> So you just he got it all first. in the government. <laughs> they filled out every single form they needed to. But I think that that's really, that you make such a good point because I think that this, like, republicanism is not a protection from tyranny. Mm-mm. It's not a protection from dictators. Like, my friend Ryan Herring earlier today tweeted um, that... Fascism is always the result of neoliberalism. Like, that's just the inevitable result of this form of government. And I thought that that was so fascinating because I'd never actually, I never actually thought about that. Um, but it, it, like, it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because it's like, we're going to just deregulate everything, capitalism all the way, like, we're no social safety nets, we're just, it, it's just, yeah, it's really, really wild if 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 trump wins again or if he loses and just refuses to leave and gets to stay for some reason that fucking (laughs) nestle dude is gonna get his fucking he's gonna be able to own the water like he wants to own the water the the nestle dude i forgot about that oh my god he's gonna own the water and trump's gonna make him like the secretary of water so he owns all of america's (laughs) water Secretary of water oh my god oh my god it's it's just i think they call it the water czar 
Yeah, this sounds too foreign for Trump. He's going to change. Oh well, it's Russian though. It's so Russian. He'll, though. He'll, oh, yeah. he'll he'll pull up his big boy pants. Um. Okay. So let's see here. This is so, this is like this, it gets worse. Like somehow this article gets worse. Um, as Tocqueville correctly foresaw, the limitless passion for equality, the root cause of seeking direct democracy, undermines respect for all of those social, familial, civic, and religious institutions that separate individuals from one another, establish hierarchies, dictate codes of behavior, and most importantly, help us preserve our liberties. Yeah, equality is coming after your liberty. It's coming after your family. It's coming after your religion. Mm-hmm. The Black Lives Matter, they want all of it and they're not going to settle till they get it. I literally we're didn't not operating with the world as it is. We're operating with it as we see it and we see it through right. a lens of a biblical conspiracy. Yeah. I like I literally I I read this 3 times before we even got on this call. I literally missed that he says democracy undermines the ability to establish hierarchies. Democracy mm-hmm. undermines the ability to establish hierarchies and dictate codes of behavior. Yeah, because they want they're they're like starting their hierarchy nonsense with like obviously Christianity is better than Sharia law, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that like that's just they like, we need to be allowed to say that we need to be allowed to establish that that ours is better because they want to just put everything in, in, in an order. Right. And they want theirs to be at the top because if they, if their beliefs and their culture are viewed as better, then they don't have to have a majority. If everyone just agrees that like they're better. Right. But then they don't need, they don't want every, they don't need everyone to agree that they're better because they have the Republic. If everyone in the GOP agrees they're better, essentially force it on everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, so he he kind of talks he goes on and talks about the the model for achieving this um, republic, which he needs to establish hierarchies. Um, to advocates, this pursuit of ever more equality represents a panacea, a one size fits all solution to the various political conflicts we face. Democracy has literally never, but whatever. Um, in promoting greater equality, they would impose a single uniform view of justice. That is a bad thing to him. A single uniform Mm -hmm. view of justice upon a Republican order built on the recognition that political community is more than just the majority of its citizens. And I think he's really kind of like burying a lot under just like word salad a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they really just have like a single single uniform view of justice is antithetical to the Republic. Yeah. Which goes, I mean, even what Barr said the other day, I where he was like, I don't think I don't think it's racism if black people and white people get different sentence get are sentenced yeah. differently or treated differently by the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not racism. So it's yeah, there are disparities, but I don't think that those disparities are racism. Right. It's like all right. So you think it's because we're inferior? Mm-hmm. Got gotcha. Yeah, boo. you have to. That's that's what gotcha. the hierarchy is for, and yeah. that's why it needs to be maintained, and that's why America must remain a republic um let's see dobsky i really like saying your name bro if you're listening to this call me Um, (laughs) let's see so he goes on our republic is built on the recognition that no single part of the community has a monopoly on justice i don't even know what that means like no single part of the community has a monopoly on justice Mm -hmm. what 
it's uh, it is it, not even supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make you feel smart for reading those words, <laughs> but it's not it's not supposed to mean anything. It's just if you're a Republican and you read that sentence, then you go, yeah, Black Lives Matter can't decide what justice is, and then you keep reading because you it, you don't know what it means. Right, but it means right. that thing to you. It means yeah, nothing. That's true. That's true. Flatly on its face. Right, but, but it, it means what you read into it. Yeah, it's one of those. I, it's I another, totally hear what you're saying. Yeah, another one of their conspiracy theory nudges. Um, let's see. This is the last sentence. This is where no community just, has a monopoly on justice. The black community wants to monopolize justice. <laughs> they want it all for them fucking selves. <laughs> Just, oh my gosh, I, I'm snorting at this point. Okay, so I have to get out this last very long sentence because this is the one that made me want to tear my eyeballs out. Let's hear it. And I just, we just have to talk about it. Genuine political justice, therefore, requires tending to the legitimate needs and contributions of a community's non-majoritarian elements and preserving the social, familial, civic, and religious practices that define them. Given, oh, it's two sentences. Given the importance of such practices to human flourishing, the recovery of republicanism means the recovery of our humanity. Bro is literally like the government needs to use violence to force our values on our neighbors because that is the definition of human flourishing yeah it's for your own good this is what america which culture is the best so that we can say ours is the best and make you abide by it right so creepy to just hear someone say you know you've known it for a long time so creepy to Mm -hmm. to have it written out in this fake fancy speak bullshit and it's just it's not even like we're, it's so funny because they're like, he's pretending to advocate for a pluralistic society while at the same time saying that the government should be used mm-hmm. with whatever power it has to preserve our social and r- religious practices. Yeah. That's what the power of the government should go to. And I think that, that is very, I think that's very accurate. I think that a lot of conservatives sincerely feel this way, that the government should be used to protect them and the social hierarchy and their version of justice, which is, again, a separate set of rules, expectations, behaviors, mandates for white people than for everybody else. Yeah. Just because we're treating it differently doesn't mean it's racism. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. And I was, I was, I, the reason I had to read this three times is because I was so confused. I'm sitting here and I'm like, what I'm getting from this is that in order for justice to exist, the minority needs to have equal or greater say than the majority. Mm-hmm. But only the which minority is really, have decided. Yeah. Which is really is interesting because I'm going to tie this back into like American history again, because that's just what I, what I do. Um, I think it's really interesting because when territories, um, when we were doing like westward expansion and, and genocide, et cetera, um, genocide Inc, um, territories that were submitting their applications for statehood had to document that there were more settlers in this, in the territory than there were indigenous people. Mm-hmm literally incentivizing the extermination of indigenous people. Yeah. I think in that, that, uh, our minority, I I think that in our history book, I remember it taught us that, uh, the Buffalo was like over hunted. 
And that's why it came to like the brink of extinction. They were killing them. They were killing like over a thousand a day mm-hmm. just because they knew that the Native Americans like ate, ate them and needed them to survive. They were yeah. starving them out. They were intentionally starving out the Plains Indians. That's what yeah. they said. Like Wouldn't their words, so not mine. If that hadn't happened and just in America, you'd have like tornadoes and stuff, but then you'd also have stampedes still. I mean, hopefully, hopefully someday we'll get, we'll get back to that. It's, it's, they said it's you could really for over an hour before you even saw wow like a like it's, that's there's so many of them wow that's wild yeah i don't know i mean it's just it's, to contextualize the hostility it takes takes to murder that many animals to spite someone right right like the, it was it was intentional and um it was done in order to drive the plains indians to extinction So when territories were putting together their application for statehood, they had to document that there were more settlers in the territory than there were indigenous people. And essentially the federal government was incentivizing, no, not essentially, the the federal government was incentivizing the extermination of indigenous people off of this continent, like full stop. That is what was happening. And I'm, I'll get into that another time because I have a whole other podcast that I want to do about like land speculation because that that was oh my gosh anyway um, <laughs> sorry so I think that when you know when they're talking about a hierarchy I think sometimes they do legitimately know what what they're talking about yeah I think that they do legitimately sincerely believe that like white American culture is superior to everyone else and the power of the government should be used to enforce the hierarchy to keep them at the top. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, it's like Republicanism allows them the privilege of using the government to enforce the hierarchy. And they falsely imply that that's the only way to have a pluralistic society. Like, that's basically what he says here is he's like, if we do democracy, it's just one size fits all. And, you know, everybody's forced into the same mold to go back mm-hmm. to the, the Tower of Babel thing. Um, and, you know, what's interesting, too, is like, if equality could be secured within a republic, like, even just equality of opportunity, if we could just have equality of opportunity within the Republic, I'd be here for having a conversation, right? About what reform would look like, as opposed to insisting that we have to reimagine an entirely new system because Republicanism has never and will never, and was not designed to create equality of opportunity even. Right. So again, when they talk about this, it's like, you know, a black kid, like, and, and they know it's not true, right? They're, they're lying. Like they're, they're intentionally gaslighting people. They know it's not true mm-hmm. that a little black kid who is in a like woefully intentionally underfunded school is not going to have the same outcome as their kid. They know that. Yeah. Right. They just, it's they just say that it's true because that's easier than saying their real position, which is he's going to do worse because he is worse. Bye. They well, just don't want to say and, that. And I'm going to capitalize on his failures in life. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to capitalize on the fact that he doesn't have bootstraps by which to pull himself up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make money off of that fact. So we can't invest in schools. No. Oh my gosh. So Heritage Foundation out here bemoaning the perils of the passion for equality. 
Oh my gosh. It's like, yeah. And then the only other option is one size fits all democracy. Please. Like you're a smart person. Like I know you're a smart person. You have a PhD Dobsky. You know that there is more than just a one size fits all democracy that you shove everybody into by force. Like, come on. I think it's really interesting that he talks about Tocqueville who saw that American women were not allowed to vote and was fine with that. And he saw what was happening to enslaved and indigenous people in the South as their lives and land and labor was taken from them with like brutal violence. And he still was kind of like set off on his merry way talking about how equality needs to be more limited in America because otherwise they're going to end up with too much equality. (laughs) It needs to be tempered. Um, So this is why I'm really frustrated when people call America a democracy because in a, like in a democracy, like maybe voting would be sufficient, but because we live in a Republic, we actually have to also engage in like civil disobedience. We actually have to engage in, in protest because a Republic is designed to maintain the hierarchy and that is what they want. And they're okay with saying it. And Mm -hmm. that's why we have the electoral college. And that's why we have never been a democracy. That is it. The end. I don't know if, if like Biden's not going to get rid of the electoral college. No, he's not. But the thing is liberalism is still better than fascism. Yeah. So I know that I know that Biden is not going to get rid of the electoral college, nor does he. He doesn't actually like it would take 35 states or more to like ratify like a change to the Constitution Mm -hmm. or whatever in order to get rid of the electoral college, which was what would be necessary. So he doesn't have the authority to get rid of it either way. Yeah. Um, He's not even going to try or encourage it or anything. No, 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 no. no. He's not going to make voting. He's not going to make Election Day a national holiday. I don't think he's going to help at all. Even though he agreed, even though he needs to agreed. Make, like election mm-hmm. day national holiday and vote by mail mm-hmm. national in order to mm-hmm. let like Democrats win the future, he's not going to do it. Yeah, I, I, I am inclined to agree. And I think that that like, that's literally why I'm saying like, we have to continue to protest. We have to continue to make life difficult for people with power mm-hmm. until they concede. Right. Yeah. That's what that's we don't have any other choices because we don't live in a democracy. We don't actually have much of a say. We have a say in like a small sliver of the pie and, you know, the other 98 percent of it, we don't have any real say in. And on top of that, we have a system of government where we're like our legislators votes can just be bought. Um so yeah, we got we got to do more than vote, vote, vote. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, if if you morally feel like you can vote for the president, like, please do that. Like, and if you can't, please vote the rest of the ballot. <laughs> like, that also matters, right? We we need the Senate, NBD. Like, never gonna get anything done with uh, Turtle McConnell in there. Why why are you scowling at me? <laughs> I'm, not I'm just this oh is my eight. gosh what is it 60 days now how long we got mm-hmm. yeah it's 60 or 61 days i think is what i saw until so you Phew. know by the time this Dead comes out lord it's been it's been a long four years 
it, was a, it might be a longer eight Jesus years. Fuck. I know, I know. And it then a longer, longer forever because if they get uh-huh. four more years, it's going to be Trump uh-huh. kid after Trump kid after Trump kid ruling this country until we guillotine right. them all. Um, I'm gonna get, mm. I'm gonna get put in a fucking camp for that joke. <laughs> they're gonna listen. They're gonna play oh, this gosh. back after they win. Oh, they're gonna be like, oh, we didn't like that joke. You're, yeah. They're not going to put you in a camp. They're going to take you to the other side of the border and just leave you there. <laughs> you know they are. Uh, yeah, that's true. But I really think that if... It's yeah, less expensive start, than putting you in the camps. It's just start scooping up any brown people and just taking them somewhere else. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm going to go buy some body armor for when I protest now. Real mm-hmm. cool. Because <laughs> that's the way, that's that's the way it's got to be. That's where we are. That's the way it's got to be. So, which sucks because it means I'm giving fascists even more money or like aspiring fascists, but you know what I mean? Oh, gosh. All right. Um, yo, Al, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Alice R. Hamilton and Instagram at M-I-S-S Alice Hamilton. Sweet. I'm on Twitter and the gram at White Homework. Um, please go to whitehomework.com and join Pay the Rent Club because we are paying the rent for a family of color for a year. Um, thank you to Slate Sundar for our amazing podcast art. Uh, if you want to talk to me about this episode, hop over onto the social medias and at me because we can definitely have a conversation. I think that this is really important and we might have to come back and talk about it again because 60 days is a long, long time. <laughs> All right, y'all. Yeah, stay safe out there. Go protest if you are able to do that. And um, yeah, catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. White Homework is a Coba.fm production. Your host is Tori Williams Douglas. Executive producers are Jeff Martin and Nate Frazier. Produced by Jillian Cohan Martin. Audio production and editing by Nash Probst. Music by Kay Solace. For additional resources on White Homework, please visit whitehomework.com. For more information on other COBA podcasts, please visit COBA.fm. That's C-O-B-A dot F-M. Thanks for listening.